So, you'll want to dabble in some time-lapse media creation, but you don't want to have to buy a bunch of gear and lenses and cameras. You just want to go out and shoot. Well, you can try it on an iPhone. This week on the Time Lapse Show, we're going to explore all the ins and outs of shooting time-lapse with an iPhone. Hello fellow time lapsers. I'm video producer and photographer Steve Barth, and this is show number 11 for the week beginning September 9th, 2018. Labor Day has now come and gone. That means fall is maybe not officially upon us, but it feels like fall is upon us. That means the kids are back to school. That means the fall colors are starting to come out. Perfect opportunity to go ahead and shoot some amazing time lapses and then share them with us so that we can feature them here on the Time Lapse Show. No breaking news this week, and yay, I didn't screw anything up time-lapse-wise that I want to talk about on the air. So let's cut straight to our main feature, which is all about shooting time-lapse with an iPhone. So if you just want to dabble in time-lapse photography, you want to try it out, kind of get your feet wet, but as I said earlier in the show, you don't want to buy a bunch of expensive gear, you can just try it with as simple things as, as an iPhone. Why is the iPhone just an amazing thing? Well, personally speaking, when it comes time for me to upgrade my phone, I'm not upgrading because of the phone quality. I'm not upgrading because of the phone features. I'm simply upgrading typically because I want the latest and greatest cameras. Uh, that that's This part's what's important to me, that, that little camera in there. So I tend to be a big iPhone user. Um, a really good kind of case in point to this, it's almost kind of sad and depressing, but a good case in point was uh, this last January, I took my family on a vacation to, to Disney World. Now, being a photographer and a media producer, I have my big full bag of gear that I always take with me when I go to the parks. I mean, I've got the big backpack, it's full of multiple cameras, I've got different lenses in there, I've got a tripod strapped to my back. I had all of this stuff with me just in case I needed it to take uh, photos and video. And yet, every time an opportunity came for me to take a picture, which was a lot, I would reach into my pocket, pull out my phone, take the photo or video, put it back, and I was done. By middle of the week, my wife is like, why are you taking this giant backpack with you into the parks? Why can't you just leave that back? She's like, in this entire vacation, I've never seen you touch that bag. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's my gear. I have to have my gear. And she said, but you don't ever use it. All I've ever seen you do is use your phone. So I had to have a little bit of separation anxiety from my gear at Disney World. But when it really came down to it, every time I'm taking a shot, I'm reaching into my pocket, I'm pulling out my phone, I'm taking that shot, I'm putting it back. And it worked. I really didn't need all that gear. And for the second half of the vacation, I didn't take the backpack and was just fine which, like I said, was really kind of depressing with all of this invested in gear and all I'm using is this. But this is awesome and it does amazing things. It's also incredibly convenient when you don't have the ability to you know, take a lot of gear or when something happens that you say, this would be a great time lapse, but I, I don't have all that camera stuff. So yet another story. I, my son and I were watching the NCAA uh, Track and Field National Championships, which were at Hayward Field here in Eugene, Oregon, a couple months ago. As we were watching, uh, I'm looking at the stands. I'm looking at all the movement of the athletes. I'm looking at the sun. I'm thinking, this would make a really cool time lapse. 
um, I should try this. But I didn't have any gear with me. Again, I just had my phone, which was enough to capture the moment. What I did is I hooked up the phone. Granted, I, I always keep like a, a Gorilla Pod, and we'll talk about those in a little bit. But I had a Gorilla Pod with me. I hooked it up into my phone, and I attached it to a railing, a hand railing that was next to me. Now, I realized that security might have an issue with this uh, because you know, hand railings are supposed to be used for the people that need the support. Okay, I get that. But the question became, how long can I keep filming before security has a problem? So I got that all rigged up and ready to go when I film. I got at least 20 minutes in to a cool time lapse before they're like, okay, kill it. No more. You have to leave the hand railings for the people that need the hand railings. Okay, no problem. But the thing is, I had everything I needed right here to be able to capture that shot without any big gear. So, again, it's really just a good convenience factor that the, the iPhone allows me to do. Now, this I do find interesting. When I'm filming with an iPhone, let me put it this way. When I've got my professional gear with me, I'm taking, like, cool scenic shots. You know, stuff up in the sky, sunsets, you know, whatever I can be filming. If I'm filming for a client... I'm taking the big gear with me because that's the quality that's expected. But uh, when I'm using my iPhone, I tend to shoot different style things in the time-lapse functionality. So often my cameras are pointed to the sky, like I said, grabbing scenic shots. When I'm shooting with my iPhone, I tend to pull it down <laughs> and film what's right in front of me. So, for instance, again, I mentioned the fact that I was in Disney World. A lot of the stuff that I was filming in Disney World, I shot in time-lapse mode. So, if I'm getting on a ride and I want to capture that ride in kind of a cool, unique way, but I don't want to deal with all the ride footage, that's, that's a lot of footage. Like, for instance, on It's a Small World After All. It's a 20-minute ride. That's a lot of footage. But I want to capture the essence of what's happening when I'm riding through that building and kind of capture those memories. So instead of shooting video, I'm putting my phone into time-lapse mode and I'm holding it up and I'm time-lapsing the whole ride. So for instance, it's a small world, you know, I guess I tend to time-lapse boat rides. It's a small world, uh, the, the Grand Fiesta tour at the uh, Mexico Pavilion in Epcot. Uh, you know, I time-lapsed that. Um, when we were on the safari ride, Kilimanjaro Safaris over at Animal Kingdom, I, you know, I time-lapsed that. Um, teacups, when the kids were on the teacups, I, I, I time-lapsed all that. So... Again, I tend to hold it out in front of me and capture events, you know, walking through from place to place. Um, I've done time lapses walking down the beach, all that kind of stuff. I tend to capture different style of movement on my iPhone just because I like that kinetic energy that it adds to you know, the videos that I do. But the one thing that really intrigues me in all this is how Apple is handling its intervalometer settings. Now, one of the things I've emphasized and emphasized in all of our past shows is the importance of setting up your intervalometer. You need to set that up for the action that you have in front of you. So, you know, if it's five seconds or 10 seconds or you're taking a picture every 60 seconds, you need to have that intervalometer set appropriately. Now, when you get on an iPhone and you go into time-lapse mode, it's really easy. Like I said, you start up your phone, you hit camera, you swipe over into time-lapse mode, and you'll notice there's only one button. You push that button and it starts. So, wait a minute, what are my settings here? Well, there are no settings. It's a one-button deal. So, what exactly is the iPhone doing with its intervalometer? How is it setting them up? How often is it taking a picture? We don't know any of that. So in doing a little bit of research on the Apple website, it says the iOS does all the work, snapping photos at dynamically selected intervals. 
what in the world does that mean? Again, from somebody that's used to having control of every little setting on my camera, this seems a little bit odd. So what I want to do is do some testing. I want to figure out exactly what's happening with this intervalometer. And in order to test, we're going to head down to downtown Eugene and film an event there, which I'll explain when I'm on site. So let's head to downtown. Welcome everybody to downtown Eugene, Oregon. We are right in the middle of downtown. We are at a company called Bell & Funk. They've graciously agreed to let me use, invade their office space uh, for the evening, uh, even though it's after hours and they have no idea who I am. Um, we arranged it ahead of time so that way I could come down and shoot this stuff. What I'm here doing is I'm here shooting an event called King Pong. What it does is we're pretty much taking over this whole town square that's just below me. They're putting in these, these big screens, these giant sized controllers, so people can play this nice, cool, fun, techie game of Pong. But instead of just shooting the event tonight, I really want to do an experiment because this week we're talking about using an iPhone for time lapse. The one thing that bugs me is the iPhone's intervalometer. I really just don't understand how it works. Somehow the iPhone determines how long my shot should be and what those intervalometer settings are. I wanna know how that works. So here's what we're gonna do. When I go down into the square to, to join the crowd, I'm going to do a series of time lapses. So I'm gonna start with say a five minute time lapse and I'm gonna shoot it first with my GoPro camera set at probably two seconds on my intervalometer settings. That way I kind of know what to expect from the end shot. And then I'm gonna shoot something similar, you know, another five minute time lapse with my iPhone, because I wanna see how long that shot ends up being. I wanna see what the quality of that shot ends up being. So I can compare the two and see what the results. Then I'll do a 10 minute time lapse. And finally, I'll probably do a 20 minute time lapse, again, with both the, the GoPro and the iPhone, so I can see exactly what those results end up being. And then we'll compare and contrast. We'll talk about those here in just a minute. So let's look at how those shots came out. We're gonna look at the quality of the footage. We're gonna look at the length of the footage and really kind of try to figure out what Apple is doing with its intervalometer. So first of all, let's start with the five minute shot. Now, when I put the five minute shot into my editor, um, I was shooting, here, here's the GoPro version. Now with this one, I was shooting two seconds on my intervalometer. Uh, that gave me roughly about a six second shot. Now let's look at the iPhone shot. The iPhone shot, when we pull it in, it was 20 seconds long. So the GoPro was six seconds. The iPhone was 20. So let's let's look at that now in the context of the rest of them. So let's move on now to the 10 minute shot and analyze that. So again, I'm shooting a two second interval on the GoPro. So after that 10 minutes, I have about a 12 second shot on the GoPro. So now let's look at the iPhone. Now here, I once again have a 20 second long shot. So five minutes gave me a 20 second shot. A 10 minute time lapse gave me a 20 second shot. This is interesting. All right, now let's go to the 20 minute shot. So here we are, the 20 minute shot. Um, once again, with the GoPro, I'm shooting every two seconds. That gave me roughly a 24 second long shot when everything is said and done. Okay. Let's look now at the iPhone. Once again, you're gonna notice a common theme here. The iPhone shot was 20 seconds long. Huh, 
So it doesn't seem to matter how long I'm shooting with the iPhone, everything seems to be coming out at 20 seconds long. Turns out what it's doing is that the number of frames it's capturing is relative to the amount of time that you're shooting. So what's really happening here is that the longer you record, the less frames the iPhone is capturing, which means the longer you record, the more sped up that shot is going to look. So this might seem a little bit wonky in comparison to what we're used to, but actually this is really smart on Apple's end. It's targeting people that really aren't going to know what they're doing as far as the ins and outs of setting up a time lapse. They just want to be able to take cool shots. So they put up their phone, they take that shot and they bring it in and they have a reasonably length shot to work with. Now, what happens though is the longer you record, like I mentioned, the less footage it's going to capture. So anything over 10 minutes, it's going to be capturing a little bit less as far as the frames. Anything over 30 minutes, it's going to be capturing a little bit less, 40 minutes, on and on and on and on. So according to one of the websites that I visited, as far as how the phone is doing things, it says that less than 10 minutes is capturing two frames every second, you know, thus speeding things up about 15 times. Now, granted, that was not my experience. I did a five-minute time lapse. It gave me a 20-second shot. So this things might have been updated since this chart was released. But according to this, you know, so you kind of get a sense of how this, this works. Something in the, the realm of 10 to 20 minutes, that's capturing one frame a second, thus speeding it up 30 times. If you move up from, say, 20 to 40 minutes, which I hadn't tried a 40-minute shot, it's now capturing one frame every two seconds uh, or 60 times speed up. Anything over 40 minutes, it's now capturing one frame every four seconds. And as you can see here, you know, it makes another jump at an hour and 20 minutes uh, to one frame every eight seconds. So it's reducing the number of frames the longer you go so that your end shot is of a reasonable length. Now, according to Apple's website, you can shoot continuously on an iPhone for up to 30 hours. That's quite the time-lapse shot. <laughs> but if you've got enough power, you can do it within just the built-in functionality, and you're not going to end up with a gigantic, gigantic file that's eating up your entire iPhone memory. So here's just a few quick tips for using an iPhone if you're out there trying to time-lapse. Um, like I said, it's really convenient because you do get to have it in your pocket and pull it out, but there's still a couple of things I would recommend trying to kind of have with you if it's possible, or if you're thinking of possibly shooting a time-lapse. First of all, I would keep a Gorillapod with you. Now, I've mentioned that before, but a Gorillapod is pretty much just a small little tripod with flexible legs. Granted, this is not an official Gorillapod, but it does work. I can stretch it. I can put it, you know, I can wrap it around a pole, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Gorillapod actually makes a lot of really great products for not a lot of money. Definitely recommend them. They've got great stuff. But have that with you because that way, like I said, if you're at a track meet and you need to uh, secure your camera, you can wrap it around a pole and let it go and keep it steady. Keeping it steady is key, so have whatever you need to be able to do so. The next thing you're going to need when using a Gorillapod is the little attachment that actually stretches and attaches your iPhone to the Gorillapod. It's just, like I said, a little small attachment. Uh, screws right into to the top of the Gorillapod, and then it's flexible, so you can put your phone there. keeps it nice and secure, but just small little plastic things, uh, not much money. The next thing I recommend that you have with you is definitely an external battery pack if you're planning on shooting for a long time. Now, iPhone's battery lasts quite a while, 
but shooting time lapse, there's there's a lot of processor going on in there, so it tends to drain your battery, not super fast, but it can definitely um, pull it down faster than normal things you'd be doing with it. So uh, if you need to, you can hook up your phone to an external battery. Um, while you're shooting and thus extend your life that way. Or if nothing else, you can have that external battery waiting for you in the car when you're driving home so that uh, you're not without your phone since you just depleted the battery on the shoot. And finally, last but not least, while the dog is itching, to me, one of the keys of awesome time-lapse photography is being able to shoot really, really wide. Now, the iPhone does have a really wide lens already built into it, but I like to go the extra step. So I have this little small um, lens. It just clips right onto my phone, like so, and it allows me to get really, really wide shots. Uh, this is this is like a $20 uh, attachment that I got off of Amazon.com. So again, nothing major, but it really does uh, awesome. Uh, as far as being able to to take my shots and just push them that much wider to be able to get more sky movement or more uh, movement as again as I'm moving through things, I always had these on when I was filming like different rides and stuff at at, at Disney World. So, just recommend getting those to really widen your shots. Not a lot of money, but very very helpful. And I'll put links to these in the show notes so that way you know where to get them if you are interested. So that leads us to this week's question of the week. With all of the gear that we can use, that we can buy, the cameras and the lenses and all that you know, big complicated stuff, how do you feel about the idea that you can simply do quality time-lapse with a phone? Do you use the time-lapse functionality on your phone? And if so, how do you do that? So send us your answers. Again, I simply want to know how you feel about having that time-lapse functionality built within a phone and do you actually use it? If you're watching this show on YouTube, just put your answers in the comments below. If you're listening to the audio podcast, uh, send me an email at show at thetimelapseshow.com, and then I can feature your answers on an upcoming show. This week for our clip of the week, we decided to do something a little bit different. We've done a lot of scenery. We've done a lot of you know, you know, fires and cloud movements and stars, all sorts of stuff in our clips of the week in previous shows. Let's look at something a little bit different. And by different, I mean Heidi Klum. Now, that might sound odd, but Heidi Klum is a popular host of the show America's Got Talent. It's wrapping up its season as they, they finish off things. But what's really interesting is to see the process that she goes through when trying to get ready for the show. It's, it's almost a little disturbing how much work it takes to get her ready to go. But I'll put the link in the show notes. I'll put it here on the screen for, again, those of you watching the, the video version. But here's just a quick look at what she goes through as she's getting ready each week. Uh, you can go watch the whole thing, but uh, really fascinating to watch. If you'd like your clips featured on our clip of the week, be sure to send those again to show at thetimelapseshow.com. Send me a link. I'd love to watch your stuff. I'd love to review your stuff and feature that on upcoming shows as you guys are the ones making the amazing content. So send that my way and we can share that out. So that's it for this week. Remember, if you'd like to connect with the show, you can do so through a lot of different ways. Uh, you can connect with us on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, through YouTube comments below, all sorts of different ways that you can get comments to me as far as what kind of stuff you'd like to see on upcoming episodes, as well as comments on all the different stuff we've talked about this week. Remember, you can send your questions to show at thetimelapseshow.com. 
If you would rather not to type and would just prefer to talk, you can leave us a voicemail as well. Uh, that number is 541-321-0472. Remember to answer the question of the week. If you're listening to the audio podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. That helps the show. That helps others find the show as well. So that's a huge help. Make sure whether you're listening to the audio or the video version, you subscribe. You can subscribe down here with YouTube. You can subscribe through your podcast player. But just make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any of the content that we're putting out each week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And now grab a camera and go speed up the world. See you next week.